Well, good morning to everybody who's joining us for our Good Friday service. Uh, we have people in the building, so <laughs> so particular welcome. Um, it's first, <laughs> first time for a long time that we've been able to actually meet together in the building. So welcome to everybody who's here in person and welcome to all of you on Zoom, wherever you are. Um, normally, when I'm at home, I can scroll through and see who's here. I haven't been able to do that uh, today, so um, but welcome to everybody. Um, I was thinking, we celebrate or commemorate um, the death of Jesus regularly, every time we, we take communion. And yet today, Good Friday always feels, feels different, um, feels more somber uh, somehow. And I, I was trying to put, or thinking about putting into words why that is. And I think it's probably, or possibly, because on, when we normally take communion, we're looking at the whole picture all at once, whereas today our focus is on, on that, um, that horrific death that, that Jesus suffered on, on the cross. And uh, yeah, normally, as I say, we're looking at it all, so we're, we're thinking of the, the worst news and the best news at the same time, whereas today our focus is, is, it tends to be on, on the, the death and, and resurrection, which I, I think is, sorry, on the death, which is why it, it does feel more more somber um, because at Easter we, we look at the events um, throughout the week, throughout Holy Week. We don't have a Monday Thursday service, which means that we haven't really looked too much about, uh, at the, the events of, of Monday Thursday. So we have two videos now that uh, are, are going to remind us of what took place then. Thank you. Jesus' disciples approached him and asked, Where will we eat the Passover meal? So Jesus gave them one simple task. Body and blood, bread and wine, given for you, love that's all mine. Body and blood, bread and wine, the supper that lasts till the end of all time. Go into town, find a man with a jar. Keep your eyes peeled, you won't have to go far. Follow him back to his master's place. The master will show you an upstairs space. The disciples then did all that Jesus had said. Every detail he told them was right. So they readied the food, the lamb, wine and bread, in time for the feast that night. Excited, they all sat down to be fed. But as they were eating, Jesus considered his plight. One of you at this table tonight will betray me before a new day. Shocked and astounded, the disciples resounded. Surely don't us. We won't make a fuss. None of us will go astray. But slowly he nodded and Jesus responded. Yes, it is true. It is one of you that is going to do this tonight. Body and blood, bread and wine, given for you, a love that's all mine. Body and blood, bread and wine, a supper that lasts at the end of all time. So listen to me. He said taking some breath, then he blessed and broke it in two. The pieces he passed to each of them, and when they all had some, he said, this is my body, so you may have life. It's broken and given for you. Body of blood, bread and wine, given for you. A love that's all mine. Body and blood, bread and wine, a supper that lasts till the end of all time. He then took a cup and held it on high, knowing the time was now. This is my blood, the liquid of life. The truth is, I know I must die. The new covenant in blood poured out for you. Again Jesus blessed it and passed it around, and when they had drunk it, singing with a sound, as they praised God the Almighty on high. Body and blood, bread and wine, given for you, a love that's all mine. Body and blood, bread and wine, a supper that lasts at the end of all time. Now let's pray. Thank you that you came to us because you loved us so much. Thank you that you made a way for us to be your friends. We're sorry when we don't always get things right. Please help us live more like you and so you love. Thank you to all of those who took part and to Mark for putting that together. 
We will be taking part in, in the communion meal later on. Um, so for those of you at home, if you haven't got your, your elements ready, um, we, we will be having communion later. And to anybody in the church who hasn't brought the, the elements with them, um, I, I apologize, but we are not able to um, administer communion here um, to give out bread and, and uh, wine or, or juice. If you haven't brought them with you, then when it comes to that part of the service, um, just uh, you know, don't don't feel embarrassed or uh, um, yeah. I, I just apologise if you haven't got them with you. Well, that was one um, looking at one part of Monday Thursday, and uh, we're going to see what Peter might have said about uh, about that that night. Thank you. You're the Christ. He asked us who he said he was. That's what he said. You're the Christ. You know he rode a donkey into Jerusalem, right? People laying down a procession of palm leaves for the one we'd all been waiting for. It was like one of those pinch me moments. Then Passover came. Me and the boys are tucking into the flatbread and Jesus just comes out with it. One of you dipping bread in the balsamic's gonna turn me in, he said. Then he takes the bread, tears and shares it. What are you waiting for? Tuck in, he said. This is my body, broken, beaten, bruised, for you. Then he gives thanks and passes round the red. Drink up, he said. This is my blood, poured out for plenty. A bit later, we're up the Mount of Olives with Jesus. You know, when push comes to shove, you're all going to bail on me, he said. No chance, I said. The rest of them might. I'm not going anywhere, I said. Count on it, he said. Before the night's over, you'll swear blind you don't even know me, he said. On my life, I'll never deny you. I'll die for you, I said. It all happened so fast. One minute. We're with Jesus as he's praying up Gethsemane and we're sparked out unconscious the next. They've got Jesus in handcuffs. And all they can remember is what he said. That we'll bail on him. That we'll deny him. That I'll deny him. I'm not having it, I thought. He's got it wrong, I thought. So I drew out my sword. I gripped my teeth and I let rip. I cut this guy's ear clean off. Come on, let's have it. Enough, Jesus said. As he just goes quietly and I just legged it. I tailed him till we ended up at the chief priest's place. Me, in the courtyard, outside by the fire, him, inside, standing trial. <laughs> trial. Witnesses fabricating fake news, trying to pin something on Jesus that would land a death penalty. You got nothing to say, they said. No defence, they said, goaded him, give it to us straight. Are you the Christ, they said, I am, he said. Enough said, as the guards struck him, stripped him and span him. Bang, go on, prophesy who landed that right up, they said. Meantime, I'm warming my hands by the fire, trying to keep a low profile. Although there's only so much blending in you can do when you're watching your best mate and mental get the living daylights kicked out of him. Hang about. I know you, the servant girl said. Must have one of those faces, I said. No, you're uh, one of this lot from Nazareth, she said. Don't know what you're talking about, love, I said. I made a beeline for the exit, but now she's got a captive audience. Hey, guess who he's friends with, she said. Thinks she's had a bit too much of the Merlot, I said, but they won't let it go. I could see them eyeballing me, working it out in their head. Come on, mate. If you're not from Galilee, I'll eat my own sandal. On my mother's life, I've not even met the guy! The cockle crows a second time. And that's when I see him. Tossed around like a tear and share flatbread. Broken. Beaten. Bruised just like he said and with a bottle's worth of red blood smeared across his face he looks at me 
he looks right at me, right into the depths of me, and all I can remember is what I said. They'll never deny you. They'll die for you. Three times you've denied me, Pete, he said. And I just broke down and wept. <sighs> this morning are taken from Mark chapter 15 and um, Nigel R is going to bring us the first part of the reading so if you could unmute yourself Nigel thank you very early in the morning the chief priest with the elders and the whole Sanhedrin reached a decision they found Jesus took him away and turned him over to Pilate you the king of the Jews asked Pilate yes it is as you say Jesus replied the chief priests accused him of many things so again Pilate asked him are you going to answer see how many things they are accusing you of but Jesus still made no reply and Pilate was amazed now it was the custom at the feast to release a prisoner from the people 
to the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists that had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Knowing it was out of envy that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the way. Crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the place, into the palace, that is the praetorium. All together, the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. They began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spat on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, the King of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him shaking their heads and saying, so you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Christ, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. When I survey the
At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. One man ran, filled a sponge with vinegar, with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Amen. The curtain in the temple was no flimsy little veil. It was thick and heavy, almost as substantial as a wall. And the curtain separated the rest of the temple from the Holy of Holies, that little room in the center of the temple where God's glorious presence dwelt, where nobody else could go. Only the holiest man, the high priest from the holiest nation of the Jews, could enter the Holy of Holies, and only on the holiest day of the year, the Day of Atonement, and only after bringing a sacrifice to pay for his own sins, and then offering a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And the curtain said loudly and clearly that it's impossible for any person, any person who is sinful, anyone in spiritual darkness to come into the presence of God. But at that moment when Jesus Christ died, this massive, immovable curtain was ripped open. And ripped open from top to bottom just to prove that it was God who did it. This was God's way of saying, this is the sacrifice that now ends all sacrifices. The way has been opened up for all to approach me. And now that Jesus has died, Anybody who believes in him can see God, connect to God, and relate to God. The barrier, the dividing wall is gone. Anybody who believes can now go in and relate and connect to God. And to make sure that we get this point, Mark immediately shows us the first person to go into the Holy of Holies behind the veil. And it's a Roman centurion. And his confession, surely this man was the son of God, is momentous. Why? Because this is the first time that anybody has uttered this man was the son of God. And it's momentous because you'll remember that Mark opens his gospel. The first chapter, the first verse, refers to Jesus Christ, the son of God. And up to this point in Mark, no human being had ever figured that out. Yes, Peter had come close with his confession, 
that you are the Christ, God's Messiah, God's chosen king. But you see, the Jews at the time didn't understand the Messiah to be the Son of God. And all along, Jesus' teaching and acts of power had been pointing to the fact that he was God. And people had been asking, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. But the first person to declare, you are the son of God, was the centurion, the very man who was in charge of presiding over the death of Jesus. And this was even more surprising as he was a Roman. The only person a loyal Roman would ever call son of God was Caesar, who declared himself the son of a God. But the centurion gave this title to Jesus. Let's just think about this centurion for a moment. He was a hard character. Centurions were not aristocrats who got uh, military commissions. They were enlisted men who had risen up through the ranks. This man had seen death. He would have inflicted it to a large degree on so many others. He'd seen more deaths than you and I can imagine. Here was a hardened, brutal man. Yet something penetrated his heart. Something penetrated this man's spiritual darkness. So much so that he became the first person to confess this was the Son of God. And Mark paints a striking contrast between the centurion and everyone else there, looking on at a distance at the cross. The disciples who Jesus had taught repeatedly, I will die in Jerusalem and then rise on the third day. Where were they? Confused and defeated. The religious leaders had looked at the very wisdom of God and they'd rejected it. So what penetrated the centurion's darkness? How did the centurion suddenly come into the light? The centurion heard Jesus cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he saw how Jesus died and God's light penetrated his heart. Now this should surprise us because the centurion would have seen many people die as a soldier. Death for him was his job description. Yet even for this centurion, this death was unique. The tenderness of Jesus as he died, despite the terror. Something pierced right through his hardness. The beauty of Jesus, the glory of Jesus, even in his death, flooded the centurion's heart with light. He sees in the darkness of this scene, the beauty of God's light and presence. You know, Christianity is the only faith that says that God himself actually suffered and that God cried out in his suffering. To Jesus' followers around the cross, it seemed senseless. There was no good in this cry of, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What good was it for a Messiah, the king who would overthrow the Romans to be dying and breathing his last on a cross. What good was that to these disciples? But you see, the world would come to see eventually that they've been looking at the very greatest act of God's love, God's power, and God's justice in history. You see, God came into the world precisely to suffer and to die on a cross to save us. It's the ultimate proof of God's love for you and for me. And you see, when we suffer, which we will, as human beings, you only have to be alive on this planet long enough to encounter suffering. You and I may be completely in the dark as the disciples were, as they looked on at this scene of Jesus in the dark. We may be in the dark as to the reasons for our own suffering. It may seem senseless to us as to why we're going through what we're going through, just as Jesus' suffering seems senseless to the disciples. But the cross tells you 
the what the reason isn't. It cannot be that God doesn't love you. It cannot be that God does not have a plan for you. It cannot be that God has abandoned you. You see, Jesus was abandoned and forsaken, even by his own father at the cross. Jesus paid for our sins at the cross so that God the Father would never forsake and abandon you and me. The cross proves that God loves you and, and it proves that God understands what it means to suffer. The Jesus who suffered and died is the one who empathizes with us in our weaknesses and in our temptations. We have a God who knows the weakness of our human flesh, who knows what it is to be tempted, who knows what it is to suffer. God is working in our lives, even in the darkness, even when life makes no sense, even when there is no rhyme or reason to what is happening, God is at work in our lives amidst the suffering. The author Albert Camus realized that if you look at the cross, you could no longer go through suffering in the same way. This is what he says. The God man also suffers and does so with patience. He too is shattered and dies. The night on Golgotha only has so much significance for man because in its darkness, the Godhead visibly renouncing all inherited privileges endures to the end. The anguish of death, including the depths of despair. Jesus Christ not only died the death we should have died, he also lived the life that we should have lived, but are unable to. His was perfect obedience in our place. And so it doesn't matter who you are, what your past is, the curtain has been ripped from top to bottom and you are beckoned to come in to the presence of God. The open curtain and the cross say, welcome sinner. The barrier is gone. There is forgiveness and grace for you. Once and for all, Jesus' sacrifice is enough for you and for me. And by saying the centurion heard his cry, Mark is pressing this story right up to our ear. Mark is beckoning us to listen to that cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, we can see the same beauty, the same tenderness of Jesus in those words. You see, if we see Jesus losing the infinite love out of, of his father for our sakes, it will melt our hardness. No matter who you are, it will open your eyes and shatter your darkness. You see, Jesus Christ endured the darkness to dispel and destroy your darkness and my darkness. In the place of hardness and darkness and death, we have tenderness and light and life. Whatever your darkness is, whether it's mental health, whether it's struggle, whether it's circumstances, the cross says forever that Jesus empathizes and walks with you and has overcome. Let's pray. Jesus, we take a moment to say thank you that you suffered for us and that you empathize with us in our darkness. We ask now that as we come around the table in a few moments, that you would minister your grace to us, comfort us, strengthen us, remind us that you suffered and died for our sins, that we might know forgiveness. Thank you that you're a high priest who empathizes with us in our weakness. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We have two songs now remembering what, uh, what Jesus has done, but I, I just have to remind the congregation here that under current restrictions, um, you're not able to sing. Um, 
Lord Jesus, we thank you for your amazing love, for that grace that you have extended to, to everyone who will accept it. We thank you for what you endured on the cross for us. And we thank you for what it means to us that you have set us free and that one day we will be with our Father in eternity. Lord Jesus, would you accept our worship and our adoration as we remember what you did for us. Amen. We're now going to have a, um, go into our time of communion. Let's pray together. Jesus, in these simple elements of bread and of wine, we see your body wounded as a sacrifice for our sin. And we see your blood poured out for the forgiveness of our sin the blood of a new covenant relationship. And Jesus, we thank you. Thank you that as we feed on the bread, we feed on your death and resurrection with thanksgiving. And as we drink this wine, we drink the forgiveness and grace that your blood offers and we celebrate the new covenant where the law has been written on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And we celebrate that one day, Jesus, we will sit down to eat the kingdom of, in the kingdom of God. We will eat the eternal banquet. And so we look back with thanksgiving at the cross. We acknowledge your presence through the Holy Spirit with us now. And we look ahead with hope to that future eternal banquet in the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. After we've uh, shared uh, bread and wine together, there will be a time of open prayer. Um, if you're on Zoom, please uh, unmute yourself and uh, lead us in, in prayer as the Spirit leads. We'll be thinking especially of, of those who uh, are suffering, those who are recovering, those who need a touch of Christ's Christ grace and mercy. So please pray for the persecuted church worldwide. Please remember those who are in hospital. Please remember those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. And please pray for those who are struggling and in need of a touch of Christ's grace and mercy and help. And if you're present here in the building, we just ask that uh, if you want to pray in this open time, just please raise your hand and Adrian at the back there will come with a, uh, just wait for the microphone to come over to you. And in that way, your prayers will be heard, not just by people in here, but by everybody on Zoom too. And so we remember the, the account in Mark chapter 14 of the Last Supper that Jesus spent and shared with his disciples. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the 12. And while they were reclining at the table eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened and one by one, they said to him, surely not I. It is one of the 12, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they're eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body. And so we take our bread 
and we break it, remembering that Christ's body was pierced as a sacrifice to pay the penalty of death for our sin. So we eat with thanksgiving. Then Jesus took the cup, he gave thanks and he offered it to them and they all drank from it. And he said, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. So let us drink with thanksgiving for our forgiveness. So we move now into a time of open prayer. So please unmute yourself or raise your hand in here in the building if you would like to share in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for love. Thank you for your love, the love that sustains the universe. Help us to follow your example of love. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you so much that uh, Josh's chemotherapy is finally over. And Father, we just pray that uh, you will bring further healing to his body, please. Give him strength, give him energy. Please heal him completely. And we pray for the whole family, Lord, that they can now rest in the knowledge that his treatment is over. Mm. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father that knew Jesus was innocent of all charges brought against him, but was more afraid of public opinion than his own conscience. If Jesus had been charged claiming to be a god, Pilate would have laughed because Rome had dozens of gods. Accusation of being a king would be a political crime and so would be taken more seriously. Jesus, the son of God the Father, was rejected by the mob. Instead, they called for a release of the robber Barabbas, whose name means son of a father, representing each of us, I suppose. So maybe Jesus died on the cross, taking the place of the Barabbas in each of us. Amen. Dear Jesus, um, I'd like to uh, ask you to be with Debbie, mum who comes to this church has passed mm. away mm. very recently yeah i ask you to help with peter redmond for his new medication gives him some relief at least and uh i'd like to also ask you to be with my daughters who both mm. suffer from anxiety please amen yes. amen yes lord Yes, Father, we, we uphold her. Frida, thank you, she's at peace now. Father, comfort her as she grieves and mourns. Mm. And Father, today's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Yes, thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Every Father in Scripture, we read of so many incidents where people brought their friends to you for healing. Mm. Father, thank you that we can bring our friends our hearts. We name those who are 
struggling at the moment through many different situations, through illness, through grief, through fear, through anxiety, knowing that just as we can visualize some of those stories, the person who touched the hem of your garment, the lowering down of the person through the roof. Today, we can bring with that same confidence our friends, our loved ones, our families, our church families to you. And so we, we ask you, Heavenly Father, would you today be to all those people exactly what they need? Bring healing, bring peace. And may they have an overwhelming sense, Heavenly Father, of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Heavenly Father, we sit here in the quietness and we're able to worship and to pray and to think of you. And I just pray for those areas of the world where that's not possible. Mm. I just bring to you the lovely country of Myanmar, which is being torn apart by fighting and violence. Father, we pray for rightness to prevail in that country. Yeah. We pray for Syria, Lord, where hundreds and thousands of people are suffering, particularly children, because of the ongoing war there. Father, we just pray you would bring peace to that land. And Father, for all those who are persecuted for their faith, yeah. we ask that you'll be very close to them, especially at this Easter time, and that you'll bless them. Mm. So Father God, we pray that your kingdom will come, your love will be known, and we pray for a small part that we might play in that, that you will continue to encourage us, because we ask in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your death on the cross of Calvary. Mm. I want to thank you for all the carers who are there in yes. the hospitals, yes. homes, for all, every one of us who took our time to look after people. Mm. Father, I pray that as we remember you, Jesus, today, that yeah. Jesus, you remember us and take us away from every sickness and deliver us from everything that will take us down. Father, Lord Jesus, we come before you today and we say as you died on the cross of Calvary and took away our pain, mm. take away every pain in every home, mm. take away every pain in every family, mm. as we remember you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Just want to pray for my mum, Pat. Um, she had started to feel a lot better with her abdominal pains, but over the last couple of days, um, she seems to um, be bad again. So I'd just like to pray for a full healing and find out what's wrong there, Lord, because the antibiotics seem to work. And um, now the course is over. The problem seems to have come back. So I just uh, pray for my mum. Yes, Amen. Yes. Father God, we do lift up all those families that are struggling with loss and bereavement at this time, particularly at Easter, those that have lost people because of COVID and those that are struggling. And we lift up our local communities here. And we ask for a pouring of your love and spirit on them at this time. Amen. Jesus, we thank you that you are the high priest who empathizes with us in our weakness, who offers us grace and mercy and help in our time of need. We thank you that you've heard our prayers, and we pray now that you would answer according to your perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, as I said at the beginning of the service, this is the day out of Easter week when we, we do focus on the death of Jesus. In, in, so in a sense, we're, we're mourning that death. But I thank God that we know um, why it happened. We know it had to happen. We know it happened for us. And I thank God that we know what we're going to be celebrating on Sunday. Uh, this isn't the end. And uh, so we, we have another song um, just reminding us that because of the death of Jesus, we have what, uh, such a savior. Thank you. God, we remember today the pain and suffering of the cross and all that Jesus was willing to endure so that we could be set free. He paid the price, the ultimate sacrifice, to offer us the gift of eternal life. Help us never to take for granted this huge gift of love on our behalf. Help us to be reminded of the cost of it all. Forgive us when we're too busy or distracted by other things to not recognize fully what you have freely given us, what you have done for us. Thank you, Father, that by your, or thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus, that by your wounds we are healed. Thank you that because of your huge sacrifice, we can live free. We can live the lives that you have intended us to live. We can live for you. And thank you that sin and death have been conquered and that your power is everlasting. Thank you that we can say with great confidence and great hope, it is finished. Nothing more is needed. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice and for the gift of eternal life to all who will believe in you. Amen.